0: So, my friend, it's time for some music here. Listen to Chain of the Golden Horn from the new album from us, from Lee's Eyes, from The Last Viking. Rock on.
1: to Noob Heavy Radio. I'm here with Alex, one of the founding members of Leave's Eyes.
0: How are you going? Thank you. um, So far, so good, actually. As the uh, uh, new album, The Last Viking, will be out in a couple of days. So looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The Last Viking is Leave's Eyes' eighth studio album and releases on the 23rd of October via German label AFM Records. I got to listen to it last night, and it's bloody good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. It's a thick album with a lot going on and plenty of growls. How long did this take to make?
0: Thank you, first of all. Uh, uh, Love to hear that. Yeah, well, uh, we started with the songwriting process. Um, Actually, the last song of Sign of the Dragonhead, Race of Euphoria, was already uh, a hint, let's say, to what's coming next so uh with that concert album about um north king Hadrada, so we we started uh um you know on on the tour periods um or let's say in between uh, at the master sound studio yeah about uh, two years ago but actually like the most of the songs and really going deep into in, into the matter was maybe done last year so I think um, production-wise and, and and let's say, with the songs and the music, we had a bright field uh, of this background uh, with Epic Saga. So our goal was, actually, and that's great that you like it, to have a really powerful album with, with great songs, epic songs, uh, which the Saga demands. So I'm happy that, that you like it so much.
1: Yeah, it definitely lives up to the, the epicness required for a saga. It's, it's a huge album, I believe, 95 minutes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the thing was like, you know, you cannot put such a saga just in a, in a short uh, album or something like that. That was clear for us. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, you're responsible for the concepts within this album, and there's some intriguing stories of Norse mythology and folklore. What are some of the key story arcs or
0: characters you focused on for
1: The Last Viking?
0: Oh, yeah, there are actually some key characters. I mean, if people want to dive into that uh, yeah, Norse mythology topic, they always find, uh, you know, these this, this, this war heroes or, you know, these this, uh, very uh, dramatic uh, tales about them. And that is uh, for sure with Harald III, which was called Hadrata, So that's for sure the case. It's probably the most epic saga there is. And it was was also very decisive. So our hero, let's say, when he died on the battlefield at Stempo Bridge in 1066, you know, was the last Viking, indeed the last great Norse King, uh, like historians want to say it, is like the Viking Age was over by then. But we have also other characters in that uh, story. For example... Uh, we have a song called "Dark Love Empress," which is about the Byzantine Empress Zoe. So he was serving as a Varangian guard far away from home at the court of the Byzantine Empire. She was falling in love, like the saga tells us at least, uh, or was after him. Let's say keep it that way because she was also imprisoning him after he, he rejected her. Uh, you know, for telling him he was not faithful to uh, to the Byzantine emperor and stuff. And uh, in a spectacular way, uh, Hadrada could escape. Um, so as you already see, <clears throat> this whole saga is not taking place only in the north. It starts there uh, when Hadrada has to flee uh, in a battle from his home as a very young Viking. He was a refugee. He went through Sweden. Down to the land of Rus, down to Kiev, serving at the North um, or you know the Rus kings uh, court, sorry, uh, Yaroslav, and making uh, his name there. And also then when he was serving at the Byzantine court, making himself rich and a, a huge name as a war hero. So he was fighting also in completely different territories where you would expect Vikings in the desert land, like in Circeland. The land of the Saracens even had campaigns down and missions down to Jerusalem, a, a the Mediterranean area. So, for us as a band, it was fantastic to have this as a background as well you know, this different uh, cultures and, 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 and there is another approach also. After all mm. of that, he's, he's going back to Russia and when he can escape, could escape from the Byzantine um, court. Um, and was marrying the Russian queen. (laughs) That's quite spectacular, right? So going um, back to Norway and um, becoming, uh, after he shared the throne for a while with his nephew, becoming the sole ruler of uh, Norway, was fighting for the Danish crown and then for the English crown, which was a fatal decision for him. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it's, it's a spectacular round trip, let's say, in the world of Vikings with all kinds of different stories. And I also like the mystical side of that, too. You always have that in the, in the, in the saga. So it's not like pure history. And also historians always fight about what's true about the sagas, whatnot. So it's, it's all in there. And uh, for us as a metal band, it's the perfect playground to write epic songs.
1: That's awesome. So it's like a Viking world tour. And a lot of those uh, are being depicted in the music videos for some of those songs like Dark Love Empress and uh, Rise of the Golden Horn, which have music videos that are really great.
0: Thank you, yeah. and um, Actually, um, like with the Chain of the Golden Horn, what's also great about that is that um, when, when Hadrada and his men escape and run away with the gold, it has this also kind of I would say pirate feeling, you know what I mean? Like yeah. from a, from a movie. You could actually put this whole story into a fantastic movie or, or a TV blockbuster series easily. And Probably lots of those things happening in the saga are even inspiration for, for other, you know, in, in, entertaining films and stuff like that. So what we love to do, Also with the videos, then bring this to visuals, of course. And yeah, and there will be another uh, video coming up, uh, War of Kings. We just filmed it last weekend.
1: And you're releasing an art booklet that will include a documentary called Viking Spirit. And I think that's a really cool merch idea that makes it worth getting. Can you tell me a bit about this?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm not only a heavy metal singer, I'm also a sword fighter. And I take these videos, I'm training uh, like every week um in the biggest viking army there is nowadays the Jomsburg the international uh group of people or brotherhood and i go to events i go to camps i go to battlefields um i'm also participating like in the biggest full contacts uh modern viking battle in in poland in wolin with 800 warriors fighting with steel weapons against each other and this is like you know, besides the metal family where I'm in, is like also this Viking family, <laughs> and I yeah. would love to invite people from the metal community to show them something like this, uh, which a lot of those people uh, maybe don't even know it's existing, but probably have a big interest if they find out about it. There are a lot of metal fans already in there, and also a lot of fans of 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 Eyes and, and, and bands like Abon Mouth. Uh, or Heilong and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, this this documentary was filmed in the five years, and oh, wow. yeah, I would would like to uh, show everybody around and invite the, the people to see my metal, uh, my uh, Viking family. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh that sounds like it's gonna be a really good watch. Just as a background info, on top of that, it's it's like 95 minutes, and it has like 19. Uh, um, chapters within, so um, it's it's not only about the fighting. It's also like all the way around and what people led in, into this way of life. And I I think it, it, I, I got so uh, much support also from the Viking scene itself. It's really worth a watch, you know. Like if, if, even if people are not really in, into the kind of thing, it's it's a it turned out to to be a fantastic documentary. Now, as we were releasing some uh, stuff of it, like the first six episodes are, are online now on YouTube. I got so much feedback. So many people were writing to me. Also, like people I wouldn't expect, they would watch, even watch it and and getting really, how uh, uh, you know, fixed up or or, or how uh, um, teased up, and they go like, "Wow, Alex, what the hell? that's awesome!" And <laughs> I didn't even know you're doing this. It's fantastic, and they love it. So yeah, I hope everybody enjoys that. It I think is a very great thing on top of it all with the new album to have that documentary out.
1: Yeah, it's a very unique offering for a band. That's for sure. Like it's a great insight into the the concepts and the commitment to those concepts.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: and the rise of like Norse mythology and European metal has been pretty huge and consistent. For a long time but it's even managed to gain a lot of popularity with listeners in the west what do you think it is about these stories that have such a wide appeal beyond that culture
0: like like i said uh, the the world of vikings was not only based at one country or territory as they were spreading out around the world they left their footprints from russia to ireland even to america and stuff like that so i think this is one reason of that the other is probably the Norse mythology and these tales are just epic. Come on, all the white <laughs> yeah. stories that is like really made for people like us loving heavy metal is something which goes really hand in hand in a way, and which is also attracting, uh, you know, people uh, who are, you know, just into fantastic uh, stories. And I think all this kind of lifestyle and yeah just to mention documentary again, if you hear the people talk the way about it, it, it's also something they want to keep like from the very old traditions, you know? For example, in the in, in, in this Viking lifestyle, uh, devices, modern devices, and everything is shutting down, you know, when you are at the campfire. So in a way, now with the music, people can also shut down modern life and dive into this world. They can... Join us on a, on, on a journey uh, with our hero Hardrada on this album and just take a fantastic trip. I think the, all the magic, also the mystical stuff and the dark uh, 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 side of it, it has a really powerful, how you say that, like a, like a magnet for, for, for people who are into this uh, kind of music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And everybody needs to escape the modern life, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think this fascination for Vikings—that is something which will—it's uh, not just a trend; it will it will stay, or uh, forever. It, it's something because we we all have these dreams of being free, and 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 they they were going out sailing to to faraway countries and all that, and and and, and besides the raiding and all that and the fighting. <laughs> It's also their training and mixing up with a lot of other cultures. It also suits very well, you know, to to our metal family. You know, it's 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 really great. Um, you know, my my father, for example, comes from the area where the Jungsborg legend comes from, in um, from northeast Germany, like at the Baltic Sea, and so you can say uh, not only me, a lot of people have also kind of roots in there, you know, and that is, you know, that is also something which uh, I hear from people, for example, coming from Australia or New Zealand, uh, that they, they also completely fascinated about that way of culture. And by the way, I have a guy training here with me every week. He's from here. He's from, from, from from Southwest Germany. Uh, But he learned about that Viking scene in australia when he was on a trip there and he was uh uh, you know having a martial arts um uh, uh, training with 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 medieval background in vikings and he found out in australia about it that's quite interesting i guess
1: (laughs) it's awesome we have uh, a lot of interest in the various european metal scenes here in australia yeah, we adapt a lot of different metal cultures in our own metal culture because we don't really have like a, a genre that's like Australian specific here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I know. And then it's also like uh, really great uh, uh, that, 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 that there's such a great metal scene also. Uh, and we, we, we really hope that we can return as soon as possible. But, you know, COVID-19 is uh, still going on we had already plans to combine a uh, round trip with um, australia and 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 when we go back to japan now we have to make new plans
1: <laughs> yeah but uh, i think everyone's getting used to the plans being changed and we'll just hope for as soon as possible be good enough
0: yeah absolutely i mean that this is something everyone is uh, affected and now especially if we talk about the uh, metal scene it's, it's, of course, uh, all the musicians, uh, they have a really hard time now. I know people that were stuck somewhere on the road, somewhere far away from home, and they had problems even to return back home, although all, all shows were canceled and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like in the beginning of the uh, pandemic. So now we all, also the cool guys, the venues, the labels are promoting new albums and stuff. We're all facing that, and even us, we were like in a in studio lockdown in the last phase of the last Viking product, so we were like tucked in the studio for six weeks or something, which was uh, a good way, you know, to make uh, something uh, creative out of an awful situation. We mm. just made the best out of it, you know, and we were also lucky. Uh, I remember that Joris. Uh, he's uh, from the Netherlands and he has a Swiss girlfriend. He, he was at his girlfriend's place and he just made it out from there uh, in time to come he- back here to the studio. And also Elena just made it over here um, in the last minute before the travel ban came up.
1: <laughs> mm. Well, that's lucky. I'm glad we ended
0: up with getting this album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have colleagues. They had to push back the release of the albums. Uh, and 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 also having a completely fucked up schedule, we had also problems. It's still in a way going on even with the release now. What heard, it's not all going smooth uh, with um, the way of distributing uh, music also in these times. Because every day there's a new problem, there's a new hotspot or whatever, and this makes it not more easy. And um, with the videos, for example, we had. Uh, to wait uh, to make the first two videos to uh, to go to Switzerland and to go to Poland until the, the, the travel ban was lifted and we could travel again. So that was all with a big delay. Uh, and uh, now the last weekend we made a new video, War of Kings. And yeah, you know what happened? The main actor who couldn't come, of course, to the set, then he got Corona. And five oh, of nice. his uh, the, five of his guys, yeah, who wanted to come to film with us. So we had to oh. improvise a bit, and uh, in a very short time. But we it, it turned out fantastic. <laughs> it, it turned out great. I was just feeling so sorry for everyone who couldn't participate now uh, on, on uh, uh, you know, on the film set. Yeah,
1: that's unfortunate. Well, I know you got a couple more people to talk to so i won't keep you too long everyone go check out the last viking on the 23rd and the music videos associated with those those are really cool thank you so much for joining me alex
0: thank you so much and uh yeah i hope everyone has something now in this madness of corona (laughs) again uh uh, you know shut it off and Give the album a listen and enjoy the music. This is what unites us. It's what sticks us together, right? So the metal family sticks together in this in these bad times, and we really, really tried our absolutely best uh, to make this happen. Now and now it's getting uh, real. The album is coming out. The documentary is out. So that's that's really fantastic. You know, some months ago, nobody knew what will coming. Uh, this way, so we we, we are really happy. We were just uh, sticking together, and and we were going for it, and now it's happening. We we are very thankful that we have also support around the whole world, and we can't wait to come back to Australia one day.
1: Yeah, we can't wait to have you. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the
0: interviews. Thank you so much, and talk to you soon again. Bye bye.
1: Great interview. Apologies to Leaves Eyes for not getting it up earlier, had a lot of unavoidable delays, but that album is out now. You can go hear it now and it's well worth it, so many good moments on this album. Apologies if my mic quality is different in that interview compared to now and even perhaps the next interview. I may or may not have put the wrong settings on my Blue Yeti Snowball. You know those 1-2-3 clickers, yeah they'll get you every time, you've got to keep it on one. Anywho, here's my interview with Victoria Knight from Victoria K and their song. The Haunting. Welcome back to Noob Heavy Radio. We're joined by Victoria Knight from the symphonic metal band Victoria K based in Melbourne. Hey, Victoria, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me on the show. It's a really awesome opportunity, really awesome experience. I can't wait to get into the interview.
1: Definitely got a few questions here. Uh, You released your debut album, Essentia, which came out on the 24th of April via Rockshot Records. How have you found the reception to your debut?
2: Look, I think it's actually gone really, really well. I've read through heaps of, like, reviews of the album and heaps of comments on the album. And, like, overall it's got a really, really good reception and people are still listening to it, still tuning into it, and it's still kind of growing as a project. And I'm just really grateful for all the reception that it's had because it's been awesome so far. And I can't wait to see where it goes in the future. That's what I'm most excited about.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a strong debut, like good start to the career of the band, that's for sure.
2: Oh, thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, singles come out in 2019. But I believe in our previous interview, you spoke about having played a fair few shows already. When did the band start and when did you start playing live in comparison to when the music started coming out digitally?
2: So this band, it kind of got together after the album was recorded. So we have different musicians on the actual album. We first played our show when we played the Albaity show because we needed to have a live show. So my producer, he found all the musicians. Everyone kind of knew each other, so we all met. And that's when we started as Victoria K as the band. Previous to that, I've played in other bands around Melbourne and just done my own thing in the Melbourne music scene so that was about for a year and a half two years before this album came out.
1: Oh yeah cool so you already had the vocal talent that you're very confident in and so you've got a bunch of other musicians to come and build around that including some members from other bands uh, I believe some of the tracks are featuring Sherry Vengeance.
2: Yes yeah Sherry absolutely like amazing vocalist and she brought so much to the album she brought like A different feel and different flavor which i was really grateful for now sherry's part of the band we decided to keep her because she's so awesome and we love the input that she adds but yeah sherry plays in another band with marty Black like vengeance our bassist yeah and that's kind of how we found marty as well from sherry she kind of brought him into the project and we're really grateful for both of them because they both bring like different things to the band
1: cool So how long have you been performing music in general? Like, do you have a long history with it?
2: I've been performing ever since I was really, really little. So ever since I was around five years old, I I used to perform in theatre shows, like with my dance school when I was little and stuff like that. As I got older, I started performing in things like Relay for Life festivals around Victoria. I've done a couple of carols, and I've been doing that ever since I was really, really young. But It was only the last four years I've been performing the metal stuff as my own artist, and that's what I wanted to – I really wanted to keep doing it because it's what I enjoyed the most. So that's why I was really stoked when we got to perform nearly our whole album at the Alvide show, and that all those years kind of gave me the experience to do that.
1: Great. I did see a comment on, I believe, the music video for The Haunting – that uh, someone said they've been following you since you were 12 years old doing ACDC covers as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, that was a time, you know, um, <laughs> working with Sina and Andre, all of them. We were just so awesome. But um, that was a couple, I think it was a couple of years ago, and I was just doing heaps and heaps of covers. So I started with Sina when we did that ACDC cover, when we did Thunderstruck, and then it kind of grew from there. I've done covers with people from all over the world, people from the UK, Romania, Germany, and that was that really helped to grow, like, the Victoria K, who it is. And then finally when it was time to release the album, I already had people that were watching, and I got really good reception from those people as well, which was, like, really awesome for me because I'm like, oh, cool, you like this music as well. But I really enjoyed doing those covers. I miss it a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of bands find covers a good, uh, like, gateway into forming their own sound.
2: Yeah, it is because it kind of shows your audience who you are and what your influences are, and it kind of all makes sense when you release your own stuff. I think it worked really well for me.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be good practice too, just as a band, getting that synergy going.
2: Yeah, exactly, You're getting the vibes right. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Speaking of music videos, you have quite a few music videos made, like three, four, five of them, I think,
2: Yeah. in the last uh, year. last year we had four, from this album we have four, and then I did one a while ago when I released Monster, and that was my first music video ever, and that was, it was a great experience when we did the first music video, because it was, you know, I was younger, and it was like a new experience for everybody, I remember that being one of my most favourite days of my life. We got to film in, like, an old castle, which was a dream of mine, to, like, film in an old castle. And that was uh, an amazing experience for, like, little Victoria, you know? And then like, when we did the last videos for the last al- for this album, those were just another level of like, a great experience because we were with the whole band for these videos. And it was just like a whole different vibe again. Everyone worked so well together and we're kind of like a family now. Like I can't imagine doing a video with anybody else. It was just so, so much fun, like such good energy. And everyone had great ideas as well. So these videos now are kind of an incorporation of the whole band, everyone's ideas put together. And it's very different from when I did Monster. And I think this is what I enjoy the most now.
1: Yeah, but it'd be a lot of fun being on set with, you know, people that you've built a friendship with doing something creative.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really great. It's really great feeding off everybody else's ideas as well because yeah. it's just an open space where everyone, everyone's free to express how they feel about certain things, and I think that's very important to have, and that's why these videos have done so well.
1: Yeah, they they turned out really nicely with the production quality a lot of Australian bands, they have a hard time getting, I guess, the right company or having the right production value. But um, yours is, like, on par with anywhere else. How hard is it to make these videos and what kind of ballpark of budget should a band look at putting aside for videos?
2: A lot of these videos, we filmed them over a few days, so you've got to think about how long it's going to take to film them in the first place. Like, to actually physically film the video, it's... It's actually it's quite tiring because they're long days, and it's over a long period of time. But you know you have fun while doing it, so it's all good. But the budget, I'm not fully aware of that because I don't manage the financials of the band. That's kind of our manager's. That's what our manager does. But nice. um, yeah.
1: Well, there's the tip: bands get a manager.
2: Get a manager to yeah. manage. It for you. <laughs> Um, So I probably couldn't tell you that right now. I know it wasn't cheap. I know it wasn't cheap. And I, <laughs> to get an actual, like, a really good videographer that, yeah. work, that you know can work really well with you and you know can produce a really good quality video, it's, yeah, it's not cheap. And that's just something that you've always got to be aware of, I think. But that's why we have a manager, so they can manage it for us.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's definitely uh, something that I think a lot of the underground overlooks is the management side of things and getting a third party to do that.
2: Yeah, it's really it's really been helpful for us and for me as well, because it takes the stress off and I can just focus on the creative stuff. And that's because that's what I enjoy doing. I love writing music, recording music. That's my love. And It just, it makes it so much more enjoyable for everybody if we don't have to all focus on the financials. Like, of course, I know, like, if it's expensive or not. And, like, I know know about the financials enough. I always put input in to make sure that everything stays, like, affordable. It's not my focus in the band because it's just not what I need to focus on and it's not my strong point. I believe.
1: Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely need somebody to look after my band as well if I had one.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I, yeah, I just couldn't do it. I don't think I'd be able to juggle both. I just wouldn't be good at it. I'm just thinking about it now. It wouldn't turn out that well.
1: So you're very focused on the writing side of the project as well? Like, you write the lyrics, I'm assuming?
2: Yeah, Um, I write the lyrics and the music for the last album with the help oh, who helped with the musical side of it so when I write I like to brainstorm a lot like do a lot of mind maps and like reading a lot of different material to get a lot of inspiration and a lot of my songs they're either based off like what I see and what I see in the world around me or things that I read that's where I get the most inspiration from so I kind of set it out in a mind map form (laughs) and I, like, grant off bits of ideas about, like, themes of things that I've seen, emotions and ideas, and then um I go to my piano and sometimes I designate just a couple of hours a day to write or sometimes it kind of just comes and I have to write it down so I don't forget it. But it's usually, like, the melodies and the lyrics that come first or sometimes it's the chords. It varies between each song. The whole process changes depending on like what the song is it's never exactly the same but after I've written everything down like the first draft what comes I just write down exactly what I'm thinking then I go back and I like to edit it to make it the best that I think it can be I change lyrics and like chords and melodies yeah then we go into the studio we refine it even more and like I of course have a lot of clear ideas of what I want the music to sound like and what I want each part to sound like. And then me and the producer, we kind of go through it and then we write the music together essentially using my ideas and his input. And that's how the songs come together basically.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't quite realise how much of an impact you had as like sort of solo creator over the project. It's quite impressive.
2: Yeah. Well, I wrote a lot of these songs way before – the album was released, all the songs ended up having the same theme, like as a coincidence, which was kinda cool. It's always kind of been me that's done the writing process because the band did get together after the album was recorded as well. Mm. Yeah.
1: So are you in the writing process again now for new material for the future? What do you have <laughs> to at the moment?
2: <laughs> the good thing about being in lockdown is I have a lot of free time I'm not actually doing a lot. I'm just, I'm writing heaps and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens in the coming years, you know? Yes. I have a lot of new material that I'm really, like, I really want to get out there that I'm really excited to. So, like, as soon as I can get back into the studio, we're kind of just, like, kind of put stuff together and see what happens because I have so many ideas right now. i are just going to have to wait and see what happens.
1: Oh, that's great. It's always good to have ideas. My stuff tends to die at the editing stage. Oh, no. Yeah, it's rare something makes it through.
2: Oh, no. But, like, at least you have the ideas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. One day I'll be able to do something with them.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: I did I have a question not related to music? What do you watch on YouTube?
2: Oh, my God. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lots of different things. I watched a lot of um, interviews from different bands because, like, when I listen to a band and I really get into them, I get obsessed. So I need to know everything about them. I watch a lot of those. Damn, this is a hard question. It's, <laughs> like, a lot of things. Oh, there was a stage. I was watching Um, a lot of dressmaking.
0: Oh, uh, yes. Like,
2: things because I got into fashion recently because I was doing – I was studying it. I'm not really doing heaps and – lockdown other than writing stuff so I'm like you know what let's make some dresses or something so I was doing that there was like a whole phase of that oh yeah Uh, very strange that's about it I like I like to listen to to a lot of music on YouTube as well because I like the visuals of the videos because like I like to get inspiration from that yeah yeah
1: yeah it's just a random one I throw out sometimes because like everyone has a very different kind of YouTube experience that they use it for like uh, a lot of people are obsessed with like Doctor Pimple Popper or like really random <laughs> kinds of videos. So I just...
2: someone that I was like, <clears throat> obsessed with for a while. uh please don't laugh. <laughs> um, a couple of years back, I used to watch like PewDiePie. Cause yeah, I, just, no, I used it to watch so him.
1: Funny.
2: He's just so funny, and he's so relatable. And I, I used love... to watch
1: him play Dark Souls and stuff.
2: Same. Yeah. I... <laughs> I love it so much. I don't tell anybody that. I've never told anyone that.
1: I haven't caught up with him in a fair few years, but, like, I definitely had a long period there where I watched his stuff.
2: Oh, same. It was a phase, and, like, I just thought it was so funny. I related to him so much. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, I pretty much use it to just watch people shit on movies.
2: Oh, true. That's funny, though. Yeah,
1: that's, like, the number one content I use it for, definitely.
2: Oh, that's so entertaining
1: yeah all right well i might get a cover get back to the music
2: <laughs> okay
1: what was the venue like of your first gig as victoria k oh, was
2: awesome it was really we played at the croxton the croxton band room that's an awesome venue to play at it's like and when it's full because it was like pretty packed when we played because we played with support for albaity it was, like, the energy in there is really awesome. The crowd that night, oh, the energy was just amazing. And they were, they were just an awesome crowd. We loved nice. playing there. And, like, because the room's so big, like, the sound in the room, like, even when we heard the other bands play, the ambience is really cool. It kind of it feels like you're, like, wrapped in the music. But that's been my favourite venue that, we've, like, that I've played at. So
1: far, that's good for your first one, then.
2: It's pretty awesome. It's
1: pretty. Yeah, cause I've seen some uh, first shows and some pretty hectic places, especially yeah. up here, in, especially up here in Brisbane.
2: Uh what's the scene like in Brisbane?
1: Like, uh, it's um a lot of good like stoner stuff.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Like stoner what? rock and southern rock and stuff like that, and like a lot of really good like black metal and death metal.
2: Really. Yeah, we don't have
1: that here. <laughs> but um, I kind of lost track of the back of the day. I used to love the hardcore scene here.
2: Oh yeah, like yeah. we'd
1: all like they'd have it like at a community center, just randomly somewhere in one suburb somewhere, and a bunch of like kids would show up. And uh, I don't really see that happening around here anymore. I think it's a lot more uh like conservative or.
2: Well,
1: I think there's just less people experimenting with playing live and more people that are dedicated to being a live band now
2: oh yeah that makes yeah
1: sense. so there's less like new live bands especially now with COVID but even just before COVID it'd be a lot of like the same bands playing locally
2: oh yeah
1: yeah but you yeah. get some good interstate people coming up here and stuff have you come to a Queensland or
2: been to Queensland but like I've never played in Queensland before I'd really love to play in Queensland actually I've really never played anywhere besides Mel like out of Victoria. Yeah. And we'd all like we've all spoken about it as a band and we we'd all love to go on an Australian tour. And that's something that we had planned <laughs> before COVID. That's something that we'd really like we'd really look forward to doing and that's something that we're really gonna like work towards after COVID's like after everyone can travel interstate and stuff as well. Especially here. No one can travel here. Like, travelling up the East Coast, we'd love to do. But we're just going to have to wait and see.
1: I bet the whole manager situation is real good when it's, like, it comes to doing tours and shows and stuff like that. You'd be kind of lost without that.
2: (laughs) Oh, I'd be so lost.
1: Yeah, I I can't imagine figuring (laughs) a lot out and travelling myself. Yeah, no.
2: Oh, no. We're just musicians, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I don't know, we're just musicians. But we have a lot of help, like, with management and stuff like not even like even from other people other than just our manager our label rock shots they've like helped in finding shows that you know maybe would have happened if covid didn't happen you know Um, like we've just we worked with really good people that are really good at managing that stuff specifically and that's really helped us get an idea of what we can do to move forward because yeah, I can't I could try plan a tour, but like I don't I don't focus like I don't know how much it would cost and like all that all the logistics of it, so that's what our manager's for and that's why it's so good that we have him.
1: Yeah, I just end up never going because of the anxiety of having to plan it.
2: Oh my god. No, I feel. I totally feel. It's like you know, there's a lot of things that you would have to that you have to think about when going on tour or even playing a show. It's like First off, you've got to make sure the music's great live, like all the rehearsals. Then the travel is probably the most stressful part of it, thinking about it. But, you know, that's what our manager's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, of course, we help in that too.
1: Yeah, no, it's good to have a, you know, group of people around you supporting you and it's good to be able to delegate delegate some of the harder tasks and to be able to focus on the creative aspect and I think it's worked out really well for Victoria K.
2: I think it has like our whole team that we have like all the behind the scenes people as well they're just awesome and they're all like really creative people in their own ways they all have like such good input into everything that we do and without them this band wouldn't Be like anything at all, so I'm really grateful for that. We're like a whole big family, we've all kind of clicked really well, and I think that's really important to produce really good shows and really good music.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, to make sure that Victoria K is going to be a band that sticks around for some more albums, hopefully.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you mind if I pick a song to play?
2: Yes, you can pick whatever song you like.
1: I was thinking of playing The Haunting.
2: Oh, awesome.
1: What what can you tell me about The Haunting?
2: So The Haunting, obviously it's got like more Middle Eastern influences um, than the other song, and I really wanted to add that in in itself because of my Greek heritage, and I love that music anyway. But the song The Haunting, it's kind of about something that's happened or something that you've done or an event from the past that's always just – constantly haunting you in your mind that you can't get rid of yeah so it could be some like an exchange between two people that just didn't end well or like even like a breakup or anything that didn't end well that's always haunting you and you've just got to learn to let go and the song's kind of about letting go towards the end and how difficult that actually is like people don't realize until you get to that stage because you feel so connected to this thing that's happened and it's like part of you now that letting go is harder than harder than the haunting itself and that's what that song's about
1: oh that's awesome yeah I totally get that I yeah. am constantly just cringing at my own interactions hours and days later even when I'm trying to sleep it just pops into my head and I'm just like ah oh uh, no that's
2: yeah. the <laughs>
1: <laughs> why did I say this instead of that and sometimes it's just that small for me it's just like
2: Oh, but it's the worst like, in bed, and you're like, oh, no, oh, I did that, like, three years ago.
1: Yeah, remember six years ago when you did a wrong handshake?
2: Oh, (laughs) Oh no, it's too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's what's haunting me.
2: No, I get that. That's haunting me, too. We haunts everyone.
1: So thank you for joining me, Victoria. Everyone can go check out Essentia on all the streaming platforms and listen to it for themselves.
2: Awesome, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. It was a really fun interview, and I'd love to come back. That'll be awesome.
1: Ah, yeah, I'm sure. I always like to have Australian bands on, so I'm sure we can have you down on the show again sometime down the line.
2: Oh, awesome. That'll be be great.
1: Thanks for listening. I had a lot of fun recording this one. I know folk metal and symphonic metal might not be everyone's bag, but I think if you legitimately give these albums a go... You'll find a lot to like because there's a lot of good musicianship here between these two bands. Stay tuned for the next episode, which is coming out on the 26th of November. Holy shit, I know, right? I actually scheduled a podcast and it's actually going to come out on time. This is one that I'm really looking forward to. It's an interview with Dave and Nathan from Horse the Band. That's right, Horse the Band, one, two, three, H to the B, amen. As always I've been Carcassbomb, you can find me on Twitter at Carcassbomb, you can find me on Instagram at NoobHeavy, but no longer on Facebook because fuck that place. I'll be working very hard on the website this week updating the commissioning artist list for bands who want to go find new artists to commission for artwork for albums, for t-shirts, for logos, whatever. And I'm also updating the free Bandcamp wiki with some new releases that I've been finding So go to NoobHeavy.com, explore the site. There's some good stuff on there that I'm really proud of, as well as some great contributions from my various writers. If Necrot is your thing, then Steve from Aeon's Abyss recently posted an interview with Luca, and I recommend go checking that out. It's a written one on NoobHeavy.com.
0: Bye-bye.